Welcome to Informed Aging, a podcast about health, health, and hard decisions for older adults. I'm Robin Roundtree. I spent six years as a family caregiver and now work in the senior care industry. With me is my co-host, Edith Gendron, Chief of Operations for Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center. Also, a positive approach to care certified trainer and consultant and a former family caregiver with well over 20 years of experience in the industry. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to us, not our wonderful employers and sponsors. So if you want to get mad, get mad at us, not at them. Before you make any significant changes in you or your person's life, please consult your own experts. Today, we're talking about the Florida Brain Bank. You may be glazing over. You don't know what that is. But we're going to talk about the research that is being done here in Florida and how you and your people can be a part of that. That's coming up right after this. For over 37 years, the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center has served as a central Florida-based grassroots nonprofit and community resource center dedicated to providing support and hope for families and individuals caring for someone they love who is living with Alzheimer's disease or other dementia-related illness. The ADRC empowers caregivers with the knowledge, support, skill, and strategies through a variety of programs to help them confidentially prepare for the challenges that lie ahead. To learn more, visit their website at adrccares.org. That's adrccares.org. Senior Helpers is the only home care agency offering a revolutionary new way to approach senior care the Life Profile Assessment. This data-based app is a crucial tool in helping seniors age safely and successfully at home. Combined with our proven in-home care programs and trained caregivers, the Senior Helpers Life Profile is leading the way to better outcomes for our clients. For more information, log on to SeniorHelpers.com. And we're back, Informed Aging, talking today with Alexandra Garnier Mercier. You've been on before. Yes, I did. Talking about the wonderful resources in yes, our community. Yes. And you you have a very big brain for that, let me tell you. You she just does. can rattle off who you should call. So keep that in mind if you're in the Central Florida area um, and you need help figuring that out. You can call the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource, Resource Center, 407-436-7750. And talk to Alexandra. And not just in the Central Florida area. Alexandra is well-versed in uh, seriously throughout the country. She's even helped people outside the country. So the point is that she has the language for you to be able to share in the state where you may be or the country where you may be and try to find the resources you need. So, And she speaks many languages. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're talking about the Florida Brain Bank. And yes. just... For someone who's never heard of such a thing, what is the Florida Brain Bank? Well, the State of Florida Brain Bank is a brain donation research program funded since 1985, it is, um, with the goal of studying the brains of individuals with progressive dementia. Um, we also accept healthy brain at the Brain Bank, not only the people affected by the, by the disease, but also the healthy brain. So they can compare or they can do research why this brain is sane with no illness and why the others are being affected by the disease. So it's a great program. Okay, so Brain Bank, mm -hmm. um, you are looking for donations into the bank mm -hmm. um, of people who have 
very recently passed, and it's the anatomical donation that we usually talk yes, about. Yes, it's post-mortem research study. It's after they die. We will do the procurement here or in the West Coast at a care center, the funeral care center. We will do the procurement, and the autopsy is done at Mayo Clinic. So it's a great program, it's great for research, it's great for the community, and also for future generations. Right. So who is actually doing the research? Is it the Mayo Clinic? Or yes. There, okay. That wow. will be the, uh, it, well, Mayo Clinic will do the, um, the autopsy of the brain. They will provide a neuropathology report to confirm that indeed the person has either low body dementia, Alzheimer's disease, frontotemporal, cardiovascular, et cetera, et cetera. They have so many types of dementia. And it will help not only the family to plan for the future, but also we provide a report to the, uh, the either the geriatrician, the neurologist, the neuropsychologist who followed the person. So they will see, yes, they were in the right track. They provided the right information to the family or indeed if they have to uh, trick something to, to or ask for additional um, uh, tests, etc. So it's a great program and uh, uh, Mayo is uh, doing the, the autopsy. Okay. Just to back up a tiny bit for history, when Alexandra said um, we've been doing it since 1985-ish, 85, 86, actually ADRC did indeed start the Brain Bank or start the program that went on to become today's Brain Bank. Um, our founder, Pat Jimison, went to Dr. Gary Pearl at ORMC, mm. and that's how it got started. And then Pat said, this is wonderful. Let's take it to the state. Um, the primary um, and it gets a little confusing because, you know, it's Florida. <laughs> but the primary investigator is Ron John Dwora at Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. So arguably you would say he's the one doing the research. But Dennis Dixon, as Alexandra has said, Dr. Dennis Dixon in Jacksonville, Mayo, he's the one that is the keeper to the, to the information. Okay. All right. And can they provide those results to other researchers that are, are studying oh, dementia? Yes, yes, it's available to all scientists all over the world. That's that information wonderful. So they can continue the research that they are doing. And as a, a family member, when you get that diagnosis of dementia, you often don't realize how many types there are. Exactly. And the doctors are giving their best guess as to the type but you don't have a confirmation until the autopsy. Yes, because you have the behavior of the person. You have the scans that suggest, yes, indeed, it's Alzheimer's disease. But when we do the autopsy, we found out some in some cases they are right. But in other cases, we find out, no, it was not Alzheimer's disease, but it was low body dementia. So it's very important to have the autopsy done. And you may think how much this must cost to families or to, to, uh, to us uh, additionally. So it doesn't cost anything to the family. Us at the ADRC, we do fundraising. We receive donations from the community. And also um, uh, we, we receive a small I will say stipend from uh, the state of Florida through Masinai Medical Center. It's not a lot because we cover 21 counties. So, yes, it doesn't cost any, anything to the families. Which is wonderful. Wonderful. And I'm sure that's got to be hard. Okay, you've got the dementia, 
dementia diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot on your plate to handle how we're going to help your person get through this disease, how we're going to pay for it. You're not really thinking, okay, what what happens after they're gone? But it kind of needs to be something you do sooner rather than later. Exactly. And they have to do it ahead of time. It takes us around eight weeks to gather all the paperwork, to get the consent form, the durable power of attorney, the medical records. The medical records are there at the doctor's office Mm -hmm. or wherever they store it. But in order for them to give them back to us, we have to send the consent form, the authorization to release the health information. And then at their leisure, if I can say, they have to send us the paperwork. We do ask that, and it can take around three weeks to get those papers from the doc- different doctor's offices. We need at least the scan, you know, the doctor, they went to a neurologist or geriatrician, and they did an MRI or a CAT scan or a PET scan. So we will need that information. We don't need any CDs, anything of that sort. It's just the narrative, the notes pertaining to the scan, if it was with contrast, without contrast, what were their findings. And then we need as well the blood work. If they go to their PCP, their general you know, mm-hmm. practitioner, um, they will have blood work done. They do that every year. So it's not something like they have to run and rush and get those things done immediately. It's already there. So it's to gather the information. And what you do great at is helping hold the hands of the people and yes. saying, this is what you who this is who you call, this uh-huh. is what you ask for, and then the family member is out of it. Then it's just you Me, waiting to collect I will, everything. Exactly. I collect everything. Sometimes the family, they call me at the last minute almost, mm. and uh, um, I don't have the time to gather all that information, and they have access to their medical records because they are the durable power of attorney of their loved ones. So they will have access to, to that, and they will gather it for me. They will either fax it to me immediately, or they will uh, mail it to me overnight so I can review the medical records. But it has to be said, and I'll be the bad guy to say it, <laughs> when you wait to the last minute, no, you run good. the very real risk of not being able to participate. Yes. And I have seen how much that upsets Alexandra. I know from personal experience, <laughs> mm. we do not lightly tell a family no. So don't wait. Yes, do don't wait. wait. Uh, because, you, you know, you have to do extra. You know, the office is closed after that, but I have to work all weekend long and do all that. And uh, it's very difficult to gather all that information at the last minute. And we also suggest uh, for them when they are declining, where their family, their spouse, their mom, dad are declining to have hospice in place. It's very important to have hospice in place because at the end, when the person passes away, hospice can uh, declare the person dead. And they don't have to contact the medical examiner's office or the police and et cetera. So it's smooth, a smooth transition if they have hospice at the end. So the ideal time to call you and get this set up is after the the rush of activity of getting the diagnosis and getting I to would say so. the new normal. Mm-hmm. Like we'll give you a couple six months to to figure out twelve months particular. 
Um, okay. You, 12 months after the original diagnosis. Yes. All right. Uh, to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're working with um, particularly ruling out something called creutzfeldt jakob disease, yeah. um, which is a, a whole nother podcast Beyond for another disease. day. <laughs> but um, 12 months and, and preferably a little bit closer to 18. So yes, okay, yes. don't wait. But you, you have that lag time after the diagnosis. Again, it's a little complex. Right, yeah. Right, it is. But you can always call the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center. Oh, sure. Which we refer to as ADRC. Mm-hmm. And find out, you know, maybe just say, Alexandra, it's not the time, and you'll put it on the calendar to call yes, them back. And yes, absolutely. absolutely. I, will give, I will do the follow-up. And also, I will give them information just in case they are, like, panicking mm-hmm. what will I be doing so I will also inform them of uh, states and uh, federal programs that could help them eventually so at least they will have the knowledge of different programs such as daycare when it will be unbearable or if they have to work and they cannot leave their loved one at home so I will talk to them about the ADI program and they have different community home and community based services in different states so I will provide that information to them so they at least they will have some knowledge they will not be oh my god oh my god oh my god I don't know what to do right so at least it will it, it it's not a solution you know but at least it will be part of the their journey and part of uh, helping their 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 loved one and themselves with that journey and that's what the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center is all about right Alexandra is more than the director of management of the brain bank. She is a person that has a wealth of experience and knowledge. And honestly, there isn't a question that she can't answer, regardless of where you're living. So you don't just get brain bank handholding. You get Alexandra, the the geriatrician, the professional, the gerontologist. Right. And, you know, one day we'll figure out how to clone you so everybody (laughs) can have an Alexandra in their life. Listen, it took me years to get her on this team, so. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Edith. So kind of you. So I imagine that um, when your person dies, Mm -hmm. there's a lot going on in your mind. But what needs to be done within a moment or an hour after they've passed, if they are a part of the brain bank. Yes, they will call the number that we would have provided in their letters or with the card. There is a number that they need to call when the person dies, and they will reach me. It's our answering service. They will reach me day, night, whenever or wherever I am. Right. Okay, they will be able to reach me, and I will take over with the procedures and the process and contact the pathologist on call, contact the funeral home, gather all the pertinent information that we need for the funeral home, contact the transport company if the funeral home is not providing that, and the transport cost is covered by us as well. Like I said, we do fundraising, we receive donation, so we can help the family you know, with that. That portions, and we will take the body to the hospital the, the, that we we use here. It's Arnold Palmer or at ORMC, and uh, um, and in the West Coast we have our pathologists on call that will go to the care center and do the procurement. Okay, so they 
the body goes to get the procurement and then goes to the funeral home. Can yes. you still have an open casket after this has yes, happened? Yes, definitely. They won't. They can have whatever plans they had. They can have the open casket. They can have the cremation. Whatever they need. Well, they wanted to have. So no problem. The person will not be disfigured. They can do that. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Indeed. So it's just so great. I mean, you have to do a lot of work, but the family just needs to make that phone call. Exactly. And it's important, I think, at this point to point out that Dr. Aaron Wagner, who is, we call him our lead pathologist, donates his time to this program. It's how committed they are to it. He has a team of resident pathologists who receive a very small stipend. But um, Dr. Wagner is, uh, he's the one that Alexandra's calling on weekends to, <laughs> to get him, because he works very closely with her, get people approved on um, that emergency basis. But anyway, just to say that uh, we he's couldn't wonderful. do this without him. We Sometimes I call him, he's on vacation, and he say, okay, I'm outside, and I will go and check the files for you. And he does. Oh, so he's, a, he's very kind, doctor. very yeah. kind he doctor. Dr. Wagner yeah. is wonderful. Awesome. So... I think one big advantage to the brain bank for a family member is not only that you're helping out science and helping to find a cure, but you know exactly what the disease was that your person has. And especially if they're a blood relative like a parent, we never know 20 years from now, maybe we've found a cure for this specific thing and you know what it is. Am I making sense? You're making a lot of sense. I I think it's critical to understand too that just because your family member um, developed some form of dementia does not mean you're going to. And if you do learn that it was due to genetic transference, it still doesn't mean that you are going to. You have a higher risk, but it's not a guarantee, oh my gosh, I'm going to develop Alzheimer's disease. No, exactly. So that's, that's extremely important to know that. We can prevent now. We know that. We have the science behind it. Um, it's imperfect with who it works for and who it doesn't, but some of that learning came out of the brain bank. Ostensibly, it's a cure, right, seeking a cure, but we've learned so much about the way um, these diseases manifest, what works to intervene. You know, Alexander made the comment that sometimes what the person was originally diagnosed with isn't what turns up in the brain. But that's becoming less and less frequent over time. When I first started with the brain bank, it was still, I'd say, about 35% disparity, like completely missed the mark. You don't see that that much anymore. Um, You'll see things like someone may be diagnosed with mixed dementia and have the neuropathology report show hippocampal sparing Alzheimer's disease, which is hideously difficult to diagnose, as you can imagine. But um, while yeah, the person is yeah, alive. Yes, 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 yes. yes, 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 yes. Right, Good yeah. point. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but um, they are, they are, technology had done a lot of progress in, uh, and, and that helped when they have all this brain donation, it helps develop better equipment as well. It helps develop better medicine as well. So it, it is 100% right. Right. So, you know, that. we're dealing right now with the MRIs and the CAT scans, which are amazing technology to compare yes. to what we had before, before. but it still can't 
literally get into the brain like an autopsy can. Exactly. And the autopsy will provide 100%. Yes. Yeah, and, and Dr. Dixon is unbelievably specific and complete when he writes the neuropathology reports. They're usually four pages long. Yes. What have you. Um, I flip right to the last page and just look for the diagnosis. <laughs> okay. Um, but he tells you how he arrived at it, what he saw in the brain. I mean, it is very, very thorough. Yeah. And the, the best, um, and I'm sure Alexandra can speak to this, the best way to handle that report, because it is the family's. But take it to the person that diagnosed your person. Exactly. Take it to the health professional and go over mm-hmm. it because they really want to see it. They learn so much from it. Yeah. I think from my um, experience, and it may be changed now with Alexandra, we had as many as 19 different forms of dementia in one brain. <gasps> right? So. Yeah. Holy yeah. moly. And, and yeah. additional uh, other disease as well. Sometimes you don't receive the report with one line on the Alzheimer's mm-hmm. is all the body, but you see at least, you know, you have seven, 13 different. Yes. So yes. it's, uh, yeah, it's comprehensive and it's great uh, information for the doctors. Oh, and yeah. if it's going to be that complex, then how much more do we need the research to yes. find Absolutely. a cure? Yeah. You know, we say it, we say it all the time. If we don't know you, we can't help you. Yes. And um, this isn't necessarily about the brain bank, but 15 seconds, let me segue off. We work at ADRC with the brain bank, of course, but through the brain bank and with other research entities in our local community mm-hmm. that help us with that, too. So, um, you know, for example, African-Americans bear the greatest risk of developing Alzheimer's disease, and we know so little about why. Mm. Is it connected to APOE4, APO4, some Does call it, cholesterol? which controls, right, controls yes. cholesterol. And we know that there's cholesterol issues in our African-American community. Again, we can't help you if we don't know you. So that's part of what Alexandra does is try to demystify um, and bring people in who wouldn't otherwise realize how critically important every single brain is. Right, right. All right, so hopefully we've had people listen to this and think this is what my person should be signed up for. How do they contact you? 407-436-7755. All right, or you can go to our website to learn more, adrccares.org. Yeah. And they out. can email as well. They have the info at adrccares.org, or they can send me an email. It's my first name, Alexandra, at adrccares.org. Thank you so much for coming on Thank the podcast you, again. Thank we you always for appreciate me. you. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Informed Aging. Please tell your family and friends about us as well. You'll find us on Instagram, informed underscore aging, facebook.com slash informed aging. You can email us informed aging podcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was recorded at digital broadcastings podcast studio. That's it for now. We're looking forward to our next visit.